Hello, my amazing listeners, and happy Thursday if you're tuning in on this day. I'm so appreciative that you are turning in to another episode of The Better Health Show. I'm your host, April, and today we are diving all into genetics, and I'm really excited about this because of the fact that genetics are so tailored to your body. Rather than doing a diet or taking supplements, not sure if they're actually working in your body or if you should even be taking them, your genetics give a snapshot of body's actual makeup and what you produce more of, what you produce less of, you know, fitness, all of that. So it's literally a tailored like health personality test, if we'd like to say that. And that's why I'm so excited about this. And so today we're diving all into different types of estrogen and three specific genes that are correlated with those estrogens because they help produce and convert to those. And so if you're a woman that experiences PMS, such as cramps, irritability, or maybe you're a woman that doesn't experience that, but you just really want to optimize your hormones then this episode is for you. You're going to want to listen all the way through because these three specific estrogens, when the ratios are off, that's when you're going to experience more of the PMS, the cramps, the stuff we don't like. Now, I will say this. I just want to disclaim it right now. The fact that all these different things I'm going to talk about, you may be experiencing them. The reasons I'm going to be telling you in regards to why you might be experiencing that may not be your situation. I am not a doctor and I'm not your doctor. And so I just want to put that out there. The fact that whatever I'm talking about, maybe you're experiencing it, but it's not maybe the reason you're experiencing it. However, there are healthy habits I'm going to introduce that you can take away and it's not going to hurt you. So diving right in, the three estrogens. The first estrogen I'm going to talk about is the good estrogen. And I'm just going to abbreviate these long names because of the fact that it's just going to be a lot easier to remember. So the good estrogen that I'm going to talk about first is also known as 2-hydroxy. And this is really an amazing estrogen because of the fact that it, you know, helps with inflammation, actually reduces your risk for cancer. You're going to want more of this one. Then the second estrogen is the mediocre estrogen. It's 16-hydroxy. And you're going to want some of this, but you want the 2-hydroxy, the good estrogen, to dominate over it. Because when you have too much of the 16-hydroxy, that's when you have more of a risk for the different side effects I said and or you know different cancers, if hopefully that's not the case, but that is what comes about with that 16-hydroxy. And so you still need the 16-hydroxy because of the fact that it helps build stronger bones, but you just don't want it to dominate over the 2-hydroxy. And then last, we have the 4-hydroxy. This is the worst one. This is the one you don't want a lot of because it's tied more to carcinogenic activity. So in other words, a cancerous environment, and it's going to create more of a toxic body. So you want as little as possible of the 4-hydroxy. Then there are three specific genes that are tied to these estrogens. They're tied to it because of the fact that they produce enzymes that convert to the different estrogens that you make. And based on your body, your genes may or may not make more of one or the other. And so these three specific genes are the CYP1A1, the CYP1A2, and the CYP1B1. And so the way I like to remember these is think the first one, first class with an A, A1. So CYP1A1 is tied to the good 2-hydroxy, the good estrogen. This is the most beneficial because like I said, it's considered more anti-cancerous. It helps keep your cells stable rather than splitting. And then the second one is tied to, think second class with an A, CYP1A2. 
it's tied a little bit more to the mediocre estrogen. It, it is correlated with the good estrogen as well in the fact that this specific gene produces the enzymes more in the liver that convert the 16 to the 2. And if your body is off or you're not you know, converting as well, you're going to have more of the 16 hydroxy. And so that's why I correlate it with a little more of the 16, the mediocre estrogen. But if it's on point, it should be converting to the 2-hydroxy, the good estrogen. And so, like I said, you still need the 16-hydroxy, but you want the 2 to be more dominant. And so then the last one is CYP1B1, which is tied to the bad estrogen. Think the B stands for bad. And so this is tied to the carcinogenic activity, like I mentioned, um, a toxic environment. It's not good. And so by testing your genetics, you're able to know what your body naturally gravitates toward when it comes to converting to these estrogens. So your genetic test will literally be able to tell you what your results are when, you're, when it comes to your body's ability to produce the estrogens with the CYP1A1, CYP1A2, and the CYP1B1. And so I've taken my genetics, and one thing that I know is that based on my results, I have more of susceptibility to producing a lot less of the 2-hydroxy, the good estrogen, a lot less of the 16-hydroxy, the mediocre estrogen, and a middle-of-the-road production of the bad hydro, like bad estrogen, 4-hydroxy. And so knowing this overall, like what this tells me is that I lack my ability to produce enough estrogen, and I've actually taken hormone tests before where it's actually showed that I was low in estrogen, and I've taken this multiple times where it showed I'm low in estrogen. So my genetic results were accurate in the fact that I produce a lot less estrogen. The first genetic test that I, or not genetic test, but hormone test that I took years ago showed that I had low estrogen, but I had a lot of the 4-hydroxy, the bad estrogen which correlates to the fact of my genetic test. So over the years, I began to incorporate more freshly ground flaxseed during the first half of my cycle and just in general because of my lack of ability to produce estrogen. And when I took another hormone test, I had low estrogen still, but my 2-hydroxy, the good estrogen, was dominant overall, which is amazing. And I've also eliminated toxins in my life, which can um, grow more of the 4-hydroxy, the bad estrogen. So there's lifestyle changes that you can take to alter your genes. And this is called epigenetics. So your genes, I like to say, are not your destiny. It's not your overall outcome if you act on it and change your lifestyle. And so what I did was I used the power of epigenetics to change my lifestyle to then alter how my genes are expressed. So even though I produce more of the bad estrogen and I produce a lot less of estrogen, I did lifestyle changes and I'm still doing more to up that estrogen level, but I did lifestyle changes to epigenetically alter how my genes are expressed. So now I produce a lot more good estrogen versus the bad estrogen. This is the power of knowing your genetics, guys. That's why I'm such a believer in it. Um, and I also believe that you know getting other health tests as well in correlation to it is really important too. And so moving on, you may be wondering, okay, I don't have my genetics tested and maybe you want to get your genetics tested, reach out to me. I have my email address in the show notes. However, maybe you're like, I'm just not ready to do that. What are some healthy habits that I can incorporate to boost my good estrogen? 
and to keep my bad estrogen at bay and to also produce enough estrogen or maybe to clean out the overproduction of estrogen in your body. So what can you do? Well, to create more of the good estrogen and keep the others at bay, you will want to focus on green vegetables to clear out the excess estrogen and to push the good estrogen or to push the estrogen down the pathway of the good estrogen. So think of it as like different pipes. You have estrogen and different foods and different lifestyle changes can take that estrogen and push it down a certain pipeline. And you really want it to go down the good estrogen pipeline versus the other two. Now, you still need some of that mediocre one, um, but overall, you want that good estrogen to be dominant. And so then also, eating one raw carrot a day, you wouldn't think that this could create such a life, like such a an increase in you know good estrogen and such an overall impact on your life, but it actually does. So eating one raw carrot a day actually will help in regards to the CYP1B1 gene that I talked about earlier, or not B1, but A2. <laughs> I'm so sorry. CYP1 A CYP1A2 gene. So the raw carrot will actually help in your liver to convert the estrogens to the good estrogen. Then also, you're going to, along with eating the green vegetables and sprouts, you're going to want to eat freshly ground flaxseed along with organic non-GMO soy or edamame and or pumpkin seeds, especially during the first half of your cycle. So for me, I'm doing it almost all throughout just because of my lack of ability to produce enough estrogen. Um, but because we don't know your specific body's ability to produce estrogen, you're not going to want to consume it all throughout your cycle just because of the fact that if you're someone that produces a lot of estrogen in general, you're going to overdo it and you could have too much estrogen and it's going to throw like your other hormones off balance. And so by just doing it during the first half of your cycle, you'll be able to take the estrogen that's being produced and push it down the good pathways. And that flaxseed does just that. It actually, um, mimics in a way like the good estrogen so it just pushes down there and also helps to eliminate the bad stuff along the way and so knowing that i incorporate the flaxseed in my life and everything and that helps so much i also am incorporating more vegetables to get rid of the junk as well but those are the biggies and so how can you find out your estrogen production well you can email me using the email in the show notes. I can give you the details on how to get your genetics tested. Um, and not only will you find out your estrogen production, but you'll also learn your exercise preferences, supplements to focus, focus on, risks for different diseases, and even more. It's, it's really awesome. So it's not just your hormones that you'll find out about, but you'll find out all the other areas as well. And also, to learn more about genes and how to be healthier in regards to your genes and the expression of them, feel free to subscribe. Maybe you want to share this with someone because you know that they will be able to take a lot of value from it. And just remember that your genes are not your destiny and that using epigenetics, you have the ability to change your health outcome. The Better Health Podcast represents the opinions of April Williams and her guests to the show. The content here should not be taken as medical advice and is for informational purposes only. And because each person is so unique, please consult with your healthcare professional for any medical questions. Thanks.